0: Hello everyone, you will hear the intro for this episode in just a moment, but as I was editing it, I realized that um, I didn't make it clear enough, and I am just trying to be really intentional with my words, that every single thing that you're going to hear in this episode is my experience as a trans person. This is not universal, this is not, you know, the standard experience, these are just things that I personally experienced, all of these feelings are my own No one else is. So this is, like I said, just my lens, my view of what it is like to be a trans person, to be someone who is medically transitioning, to be a trans person in partnership, in family, etc. So now you can get on to the intro. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Kicking It With Kel. I know it's been a long time since I've done this. It's been since the end of October. The next episode was supposed to come out two weeks later and I got sick with COVID and then I got you really did? I got COVID and then that sounded like more David. <laughs> I got COVID and then um, I got super busy with work and then I got super busy with my little wood things that I do, my little wood art, and then it was Christmas time. And so basically, here we are, a few months later, coming back with another episode. I don't know what episode number this is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm joined today by my wife, Cammie. Hello. Cammie's going to help me go through some of these questions. So last week was my two-year anniversary on testosterone. And I took to Instagram. I said, what questions do y'all want to know about Transitioning. And then I started getting some questions, and then I decided, you know what, I'm just going to make this a podcast because it's been forever since I've had a podcast, or posted a podcast, (laughs) rather, and this seemed like a good way to, like, segue back into that. So, Cammie is joining me today. (laughs) What? Cammie's joining me today. She's going to ask me some of the questions that you all asked me.
1: Yes. (laughs)
0: And she's also sprinkled some of her own in the mix. I have. So... Uh, if this isn't for you, you should still probably listen because it's probably <laughs> just for you. <laughs> so, all right.
2: You had a lot of good questions. So the first three, <laughs> the first three are basically what did transitioning feel like physically, mentally, and emotionally? But I want those to be like three separate questions. So first, what did transitioning feel like for you physically?
0: Physically. Well, I feel like this is like still changing, you know, because... Even though I've been on hormones for two years, I still... I feel like I've seen the most changes within, like, my body composition and, like, overall. Every... Like, physical changes in the last, like, six or seven months. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. The the thing that I think is the most crazy physically would probably just be... I've always been really strong, just generally. Mm -hmm. But now I feel like I could be, like, incredibly strong. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just... There's things that I always wondered if I could do, but now I know I can do them because mm-hmm. of that, which is very bizarre.
2: Well, one thing we talked about <clears throat> with my mom recently was like your voice was like yeah. a real, real big change. I guess I too. didn't think
0: about that as a physical change, but yeah, my voice has changed a lot. That happened within the first like six months though. I don't really feel like it's changed since then.
2: I don't know though. Well. I felt like it kept getting deeper for a
0: while. Do you feel like it's still deeper? Getting no. deeper? Well, no. Yeah. Well, I think my voice changes happen then within the first year.
1: Yeah.
0: I feel like my voice has been pretty consistent for a little while. But, yeah, Cammy and I, if we, like, find an old video and we're watching an old video and I'm talking in it, both of us will be like, well, whose voice is that? (laughs) It's, like, it's very, very weird. Yeah. Um, What other physical changes? Well, when
2: you say, like, you don't like
0: it. It just, yeah, it sounds weird. Like, I know that's, like, the hardest part for a lot of people who, like, love people who are transitioning Mm -hmm. is, like, you don't get to hear that voice anymore. Mm -hmm. But I think that's, like, one of the most... How do I say this? People who are transitioning often, like, look forward to that the most, like, their voice changing,
1: Mm -hmm. you know? Right.
0: But in that realm, I've said this a million times to you, like, I used to have a pretty decent singing voice, and I really, really miss being able to sing that way. Mm -hmm. That's been probably the hardest physical change was that... You know, if you spend the first 20, 60 years of your life being able to sing your favorite song a certain way, and then your voice changes and you can't sing your favorite song that way anymore, like, Mm -hmm. I was surprised at how, like, mentally taxing, or I don't even know if taxing is the word, but it just made me sad, Mm -hmm. which was not something I expected. Yeah. I think that's all of them. I mean, that I can really think of. Like, I feel like body composition-wise, it's been really interesting, and we're not just talking about testosterone necessarily but transitioning so like also physically i had top surgery which was a big physical change
1: Mm.
0: and that was very you know positive for mental health yeah i feel like the the good physical changes have far outweighed the bad physical changes is that i can't sing anymore
2: but you can sing. I feel like you just haven't explored to see like the new ways that you can sing. I really want to start singing duets around the house.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I just yeah. Okay. Well, we'll try. Maybe that'll be a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh man. And then next one. So
2: what? What did transit or did or does transitioning feel like mentally?
0: Mentally. Well, you knew this, and we kind of talked about this in another episode. Was like. The year before I transitioned was just, like, a really, really, really terrible year, you know? And I was very, very depressed. And I've said this. I really, like, didn't see a way through the situation. So it was, like, it really weighed heavy on me. So mentally, that part was very hard. Mm -hmm. And then it was, like, it wasn't, like, a snap of the fingers the moment I started. Mm -hmm. Hormones, I was better. Mm -hmm. Because the first week of hormones, I like didn't sleep at all and had some of the worst anxiety of my life. Mm -hmm. The first three months even, I was really, really anxious still. And it took like adjusting my dose with a medical provider, not on my own, Mm -hmm. but with a medical provider for me to really get to a steady place Mm -hmm. where my anxiety wasn't so like flared up. Mm -hmm. But mentally, I mean, it's just. I feel like I'm a lot happier than I've been in a really, really long time, and I don't... You can vouch for that. For sure. But there are other, like, mental changes that I've noticed, like... I was telling my boss this story just the other day. It is weird when you go from living your life one way to living your life in another way. And I didn't tell you this story. Mm -hmm. I had to meet this woman for something for work, basically, and we had to try and get into this building, okay? Okay the locks on the door were like messed up and there was two doors. Okay. So one of them was like covered in like lime, like very hard to get the keys in, couldn't go in. The other one was just like kind of jammed. And so I handed the woman the keys and she was like trying to get the door open. And we were there for like 10 minutes. Okay. Just trying to get these doors open. And I was sitting there thinking, how can I come across to this woman who doesn't know me that I don't think she's not capable of getting into this building but that i would like to try Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and i don't want it to seem like i'm quote unquote like mansplaining i don't want it to seem like um, quote unquote like mansplaining i do not want it to seem like i do not think she's capable Mm -hmm. i don't want it to seem like all those things so how can i formulate a sentence to make sure that she knows that i think she's completely capable and i won't do anything differently than what she is doing Mm -hmm. but that i would also like to try and get in this building what did
1: you
2: say
0: I think I said that I was like, I'm going to do literally the exact same thing that you're doing right now, Mm -hmm. but just so that you can stop trying, I'll try. Just you take a little break and I'll do the exact same thing you're doing Mm -hmm. in a very Like I Mm -hmm. wanted her to know, like, you're not doing anything wrong. The door is obviously stuck, you know? So that's weird. I think about gender presentation and gender expression and it's not like we're doing that much because COVID times, but. When I go into public, I'm thinking about that often.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. What are the things that I will be doing wherever I'm going to keep me and the people that I'm with, like, the safest? Mm
2: -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well, no.
0: Like, I don't want anyone to be like, oh, that person's trans. Right. You know what I'm saying? Which I don't think that's ever happened to me at this juncture. Yeah, I
1: know.
0: But, um... Yeah, so that was an interesting story. And then I think, like, the first time I noticed a huge mental change was... This is so random, but I would say I'm, like, pretty sensitive, pretty... And I don't think it's a bad thing, Mm -hmm. but just, like, overall pretty sensitive. And if something isn't going, like, my way in like a sport or some competition, I just like generally just like freeze up. Mm -hmm. And that makes me sound like a baby, but I'm just like disappointed in myself. And it's hard for me to like work through that Mm -hmm. previously. (laughs) But when we were playing tennis with your dad and Katie, obviously like a year and a half ago, I remember a few things like went wrong and I was just like, whatever. I don't know why that changed so quickly. But I went from, like, really making a big deal of little things, like, beating myself up like that, to just being like, whatever, I'm just going to keep playing. Yeah.
2: I wonder if it was just, like, a confidence, like, self-esteem thing. You know? know. It could have been. Just, like, when you're more comfortable with yourself, you're not as embarrassed to fail in front of other people. You know?
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's very well what it could have been. And that is true. Like, I do feel a lot more confident in myself than I did previously.
1: Mm hmm
0: So, overall, it has... Drastically improved my mental health, mm-hmm. which is the hope when you begin a transition. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, well, they'll probably overlap to the last one because we kind of got into emotions. But what does it feel like emotionally?
0: Well, I think that maybe this person meant like, did it change who you are on your soul level? You know, sure, I don't know. I, that's how I'm going to answer the question, and I really don't feel like it did. And, I mean, I think you would have, like, a better grasp because, you know, we, like, see ourselves a certain way that maybe that we aren't
1: mm-hmm.
0: because we, that's who we want to be, maybe. Mm-hmm. If anything, I think it has made me better for other people because I can love myself. Like, there was a while where I couldn't take on anything from anyone else because I was so overwhelmed with what was going on with me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now that I have been on hormones for a while and, like, am I am happy with, like, how this transition is going and all of those things and like I feel really good about myself I feel like I'm able to be my best self
2: yeah I feel like we're talking more less emotionally and more like behaviorally I guess you know you're saying like did anything about you like the way you act change or like the way you interact with other people is that what you're saying
0: I don't know oh (laughs) what are you saying
2: like to me how did transitioning feel emotionally? Transition. That to me goes like what did it
0: feel oh, like? Oh, 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 oh. And you're oh, talking oh, about like kind of behavior. Right, 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 right. Okay, like well let's what, just mix that whole part.
2: Behavior, that could be a whole other question. Right. Like how did your interactions or your like change with other people? Right. Or did they?
0: Yeah, no. How did it feel? Did it make me happy?
2: Sure. Or did you feel like your emotions like changed at all? Like how you said like you did you feel less sensitive or angry or like some like the stereotypes of people that get on tea that they're like moody or like mad or like did any of that stuff affect you right
0: so that was a long way to get to this answer (laughs) because i didn't understand the question i guess well it's it is emotional to like look back on old pictures compared to now because it's like i can finally see myself so i think it has been a really happy experience you know which is it is it is weird because it can be so happy for you and also simultaneously sad or simultaneously hard. I was so happy that I was becoming the person that I knew I was, but I was sad that other people were struggling with me becoming that person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that was an interesting thing, but it has brought me a lot of happiness and joy and confidence and all those things that I hoped would happen, but I didn't know if they would. mm You know, and then I would be lying if I said that I didn't experience, like, a change in mood right before my shot. Mm -hmm. But the good thing, I guess, about that is that I know why it's happening. If something's going on where I feel, like, kind of aggravated or, like, not super patient or whatever, I'm generally pretty good at telling you, like, hey, my shot day is tomorrow or in two days and I'm feeling pretty mad.
2: Yeah, or like I'll say like it's it's kind of like when when someone would be like, I "Are mean, you about to start your period?" cuz yeah. you're like in a bad mood. I'll be like, "Oh, you need to take your shot." Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I don't feel like that happens every week either. No, no. no. I feel like but I, you can pinpoint it like when when
2: well, there had been a couple a, t- a couple times, <laughs> a couple times where you were like a day late or something because mm-hmm. of whatever and yeah. then you, that's when you like notice it more. Yeah.
0: So I guess that would be like a mood, but as far as the stereotypical male rage or roid rage or any of those things from testosterone or an excess of testosterone, whatever, I don't feel that at all. I really don't feel like I've changed that much at all.
2: Yeah, no. Well, and I'll say from my perspective, and like we've talked about this, one of the biggest changes for me. I and I and I could never really pinpoint like exactly what it is like I know it was that your voice was deeper right. but like sometimes when you would say things I would take them so much more aggressively because you just were different like you sounded different right. and like Sometimes in your, when you're communicating kind of an intense conversation. I don't know. Some sort of discussion that you kind of get, like, worked up about something. I This was a while ago. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, I don't think you're noticing how you're coming across right, right now. And I think it's just because, like, your voice is deeper and right. you're carrying yourself differently. And so it feels aggressive. Yeah. Even though I know you don't mean it like that. And not t- even towards me, but just discussions j- or, like, with family or whatever. Right. So I feel like that was kind of a learning curve right. for both of us. Or you would, like, I don't know. If you would just get mad, I would be like... <gasps>
0: Yeah, <laughs> but I don't feel like I get mad at No, and often.
2: you don't, and I don't yeah. want it to sound like that, but it was, like, the tiniest thing. Yeah, but no, I, was just I know like, what you oh! mean. It, like, felt different because yeah. you were different.
0: Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, I've been trying to change it, but I do get really, this is the word we throw around in my family, passionate, <laughs> <laughs> when it's really just pissed, but I get really passionate about things I care about, and often it sounds like I'm talking at people, and I fucking hate that quality Mm -hmm. other people so i'm really am trying to change that part of me anyway and i i do remember i think one time i got mad at something stupid i think one of like the best parts about our relationship is that we really don't fight no never i got mad and i snapped at you and it was immediate tears in (laughs) cammy's eyes i was like i will not do that ever again yeah so it definitely was like a learning experience Sure. Are you about to cry again? No, no. <laughs> Are you about to cry again? No. Aww.
2: <laughs> no. Okay.
0: I hope I answered all those. I think
2: that was good. So, I don't remember if you said this already. I know. I don't think you really did. Like, what was the first, or what were the first changes that you started to notice, like, mm-hmm. real early on?
0: I mean, my voice, because I was recording my voice mm-hmm. every week. Which was um, interesting. So when I uh, when I first started hormones, and I didn't want to tell like everyone, but someone would call me, and they'd be like, "Oh, do you have a cold?" And I'd be like, "Yes, <laughs> I have a cold." I just like really wasn't ready to go into that conversation. So it was definitely my voice first, and then I feel like everything else. I feel took like you really like facial hair time. too. You
2: started getting little like mustache hairs pretty
0: early. Yeah, but I always had that.
2: Well, but they were like different.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I I started getting, like, a... But I don't feel like my whole facial hair, like, how I have it now, I don't feel like that started happening until, like, seven months ago. Seven or eight months ago is when everything started going crazy.
2: Yeah, (laughs)
1: going crazy. Going crazy.
0: But, like, the first change, I think, was my voice. And then everything else, I feel like, has been a really, really slow burn, Mm -hmm. which has been fine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you're considering hormones or whatever it is not an overnight process you will not wake up in three weeks and have a deep voice and a mustache
2: yeah like you had been on t for like a little bit i think and still would still get like misgendered in public to strangers for like a little while yeah i mean it wasn't too long that that changed but
0: yeah well after i had top surgery that helped a lot Mm -hmm. so it took a while for everything else but the first thing was the voice
2: how difficult is it to find a competent provider? And, like, how difficult was it for you? Mm-hmm. I really like those are separate
1: questions.
0: Well, <clears throat> this is not a paid partnership. But uh, <laughs> there's a new... I don't know if it's an organization. I don't know what you'd call it. called Plume that allows people to access, uh, like, culturally competent trans healthcare online in certain states. And, like, that wasn't around... It, to my knowledge when I started transitioning but the fact that it is now is truly amazing and it will like revolutionize trans healthcare.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's just incredible to me but for my top surgery for instance people don't really make it clear that they do gender
2: mm-hmm. They like, don't like advertise affirming. it on the website right. You have to like really look into right. it or
0: like ask friends Right and So like people. I found out about my top surgeon through my through my therapist
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know because I wanted a surgeon who took insurance, and she's like, "Oh, I wonder if this person does." And I was like, "I've never even heard of that person."
1: Mm. Yeah, and
2: he like, wasn't like because there's a few in Dallas that you just like know right. about that most people go to, and he wasn't one of those. But we liked him so much. She yeah. he was so nice and like gentle. Yeah, he and, like, was, gentle with me. Well, like, and really he
0: had nice. a trans stepson, mm-hmm, which yeah, that was cool. Was super cool, but. So, like, my experience with him was great, but my experience with, like, hospital staff for that was terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, it is really hard. Even if you find, like, a doctor who is trans-friendly, that doesn't mean their whole staff will be, you know, competent or able. How
2: did you find your endocrinologist doctor?
0: Well, I needed something else. I needed my thyroid checked. Right. Anyway, so, Mm -hmm. we just found one that was really close to home. And I went through... This was really just luck. I went mm-hmm. through their each doctor's profile and saw if any of them said that they treated trans patients because I knew endocrinologists were the people who prescribed hormones sometimes. Mm. So I like looked and I found one that said that they treated trans patients. And I was okay. like, I'm going to go to her for my thyroid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And if I do decide to start transitioning, then she'll already know who I am and she'll be able to, like, transition yeah. that care into that as well. Yeah.
2: Well, and that's awesome that she was, like, publicizing that because, yeah. like we said, like, not a lot of times people won't say yeah. that's something they do, so then how can you know that they do it? Right.
0: I mean, the it's not like a joke in the trans community, but it's just, like, common knowledge. If you want to find a reference, you ask a trans person. You will not be able to find it online. Mm-hmm. You find a trans person who maybe has gone through what you're looking for and you say, Hey, who did you use for that? Or Mm -hmm. Hey, who wrote your, your letter or whatever? Because a lot of people don't know how, you know, difficult it can be to even get on hormones. I think people Mm -hmm. assume that you snap your fingers and you're automatically on hormones. And then, you know, you can get top surgery two months later, or you, you know what I'm saying? It's, there's a lot of misinformation going around about how, People can transition in general, which is, I think, like the spread of misinformation, the spread of fear, like this, these unrealistic ideas of what it's like to transition because there, I mean, there are very few resources.
2: So what did, what did you have to do before starting testosterone? Right.
0: Well, it's different for people, depending on how old you are, you Mm -hmm. know, but I was 20. And state by state. Yeah. And state by state. I think I was 26, and I had found online this therapist who would write a letter. You have to have a letter from a therapist that will um, prove that you are in the right place mentally, emotionally, Mm -hmm. uh, with the right support, et cetera, uh, for you to be able to start hormones. So I had to go to a therapist. She wrote me a letter. I took the letter to my endocrinologist. And then she prescribed me hormones. So it was a two-step. Mm-hmm. First step was getting, finding the therapist, getting a letter, and then getting hormones. And then for top surgery, I also had to have a letter from a doctor and a psychiatrist. And and also had to send those to, like, my insurance. Like, it was mm-hmm. a, yeah. a big and process. And, yeah, part of
2: that is because, like, in order for your insurance to cover that stuff, you have to have... a diagnosis that's being treated and so you have to be diagnosed with gender dysphoria to be able to say this is the treatment that will help this thing you
0: know yeah so it's not just like a i want hormones i'm going to go to the doctor and they're going to prescribe me hormones there are some steps in between for Mm -hmm. some people in some states
2: okay well we just brought up gender dysphoria someone asked how long do you experience gender dysphoria before you transition
0: this really really varies from person to person. For me, and we don't even have the same timeline apparently me and you. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I think in some way I always have and just couldn't put a name with it
1: mm-hmm.
0: until really until I was around the youth first kids and then mm-hmm. I was like, "Holy shit, these kids are so in touch with who they are. Everything that they're saying makes so much fucking sense to me." So in 2017, I got my haircut and then, um, I was like, damn it. Now I'm gonna have to deal with this for real. Mm -hmm. And then I started having conversations with you and then one other person who was just like a close friend and like talking about how that felt and all of those things. So for me, it was from 2017 to 2019. So two years, but 2018 was a terrible year for it in general. For other people, it just, it's dealer's choice. (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't know. Well,
2: and when you look at it from like a clinical standpoint, especially like if parents are looking at their kids, wondering how to make those choices, a lot of times doctors will use the phrase insistent, persistent, and consistent. If they're regularly like insisting, this is how they feel, this is who they are. And then if they're persistent, like bringing it up regularly, like they really want to do it. And then it's consistent, like they're saying the same things over a period of time. Then it's probably it's not a phase, right. you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's-
0: and when you when you are a part of like the trans community, because it is such a small community of people, you like see this thread that that goes like through the community, which is a lot of people wondering if they are trans, you know, and. Like, to your point, because so many people are often like, well, no, you're not. Mm -hmm. Or, like, why do you even think that you could be? Like, that's not, quote, unquote, that's not normal. That doesn't just, like, whatever. This is something you're choosing. Like, a lot of people don't even know they are. Or they know they are, but don't feel comfortable sharing it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, am I? Am I? Am I? Which Mm -hmm. adds to, like, a whole nother level mental and emotional needless suffering Mm -hmm. because so many other people... And their lives are saying like, no, you're not,
1: mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm.
0: whether they're what you just said or not. Insistent, persistent, consistent.
2: Mm-hmm. For sure. Very true. What were the hardest parts throughout transition? I know you mentioned your voice. Yeah. Like changes.
0: This what? is just in my experience. Yeah. It was absolutely coming out to people yeah. that I love. I just can't express... And this kind of goes back to what I was just saying. Like, if someone tells you who they are, just listen and believe them. Figure out how you can support them in the nicest way possible. Like, this has 0% to do with you. Mm -hmm. You know? So, coming out to family was really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And very, like, emotionally exhausting. Mm -hmm. And it's because you, like, make up all the worst-case scenarios in your head before you even do it. So, Mm -hmm. you could be thinking about doing it for you know, six months before you actually do it. And then it's way better than you thought or whatever. But mm-hmm. that was the hardest part for me. Yeah. About- and
2: like with, you know, medically transitioning, like that brings up a lot of fear for your like family mm-hmm. and loved ones. Cause then that's like a whole other level. Like, you know, yeah, you can be who, who you are, but like, is that stuff safe? Is that dangerous? You know what I mean? Like I right. remember, or even I had a conversation with your dad that one time and he was like, what if, like, what if Keller changes their mind right. and then, like, you can't go back or whatever? Like, I know people have fear about that. But, I mean, we know that people that want to de-transition is, like, literally so rare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think that a lot of families, like, have fear about that kind of stuff.
0: Right. And it's not misplaced. Right. Fear, it's just misinformation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I yeah. mean? You. We all know, especially right now, like if you want to find something on the internet to support what you believe, you will absolutely be able to find it. Mm-hmm. Like it just exists, whichever way you want it to be, it exists. Mm-hmm. So you really can't know until it happens, but we, we've we talked about, and maybe we'll get into this conversation about, there's a lot of, we've been in a, multiple conversations, both of us, since, you know, Biden became president about trans girls in sports and just the The simple misinformation about that specific topic, people are just... People don't know Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what it's like. People don't understand how transitioning works or happens. Mm -hmm. It's just there's so... And how
2: would they? Yeah. The only... You know, they would only... A lot of people only know what they see, like, randomly on Twitter or, like, in the media. If they don't know a trans person, like, how are you supposed to be informed on that unless you're, like, seeking it out? Right. And it's such...
0: It's just such a small percentage of the population... So if I can like encourage anyone to not make an opinion if you don't have information about like trans kids specifically, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, like it's legitimately detrimental to mental health for other people to try to dictate who these kids are, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know.
2: How Okay, so this kind of rolls right into that, talking about, like, families and Mm. loved ones. But how can spouses and other loved ones best show their support throughout transition?
0: Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, I'm just going to use you as, like, a pillar. A pillar? Yeah. I think that you did everything the way that someone should do it. So, good job. (laughs) So, (laughs) when I, I told you, and you were like, okay... And then we just had so many conversations from the time I told you to the time I started hormones about like, what would it look like? What, what are your fears? What are you okay with your label changing? Are you okay with people perceiving you differently in public? You know, and we've mentioned this. I think you said it like not everyone is cut out for that. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I like obviously have feelings about that as like, a trans person who is or who has been terrified to lose people because of who they are and because I know how little I changed other than physically
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know I have big feelings about about that if you are a partner of someone who is either considering transitioning or in like the early stages of transitioning or whatever this is just like the most cliche thing but just love them the way they need to be loved and it does have something to do with you because this is your life as well. But I just always like hope that people consider that. I, I mean, I said it in like the first episode: like, love is the glue. If you're having conversations with your like trans loved one, you'll realize how much they want to be who they are. And I just don't see how love makes you say no. I don't want to like make someone feel bad if they have a hard time grasping another person's transition. Mm-hmm. But maybe this is a better question for you, <laughs> you know? Cause I, I really felt supported by you because you, you would always just say, we will figure it out when it gets there. Or like, mm-hmm. this is what I know about you. And this is fine. You know what I'm saying? I don't right. really know. This is a tough question because it, it does vary from person to person.
2: I mean, yeah, it's very broad. And even just talking about what, relationship you're talking about like you're talking about a spouse or someone you're in a relationship with or a parent or a sibling or whatever like it's going to be unique for each different relationship but I think just trying the best to understand have empathy and like actually put yourself in that person's shoes which is Mm -hmm. like hard to do because that's such a specific thing like a lot of times people like can't even imagine feeling like that because it's you know, I, right. I, I can't imagine feeling like that. Right. But if you just, like, try to put yourself in their shoes and, like, truly understand and then just acting accordingly. Right. You know what I mean? Right, and
0: I think something that's super important in relationships in general with whoever you're in relationships with, but just truly like, allowing open communication, in my opinion, the best way that it's going to work. If you tiptoe around the subject or make the other person feel, like, shamed for breaking things up or say like I don't have time for this or like I can't talk about this with you I can't imagine that that person would be feel supported by you in any way Mm -hmm. so allowing like a space for you know your trans loved one to like be able to speak with you even if you don't understand to just like make it known that you want to or that you will be there like that does so much for mental health for me the way that you just embraced that part of me made me feel like all the weight just like fell off. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. phew, like this will be fine. Right. I just need to continue to show people who I am and if they don't love me for that, that is their loss.
2: Right. You know. And that's why too specifically we're talking about with trans kids, like a lot of times if they even have just one supportive, affirming adults in their life, their outcomes skyrocket. Because if you have that one person, then you know, like, okay, even if I lose everything else, even if no one else understands this, like, I have that one person. Right. If you can be that one person for anybody, then, right. like, do
0: that. Right. I mean, there's just so much that goes into, you know, transitioning. And I mentioned this, I think, in my podcast with Reese, but, like, there is a lot of shame that I felt when I, like began my transition about i don't want people to see me as this freak Mm -hmm. because i know i'm not i'm just trying to be who i am so yeah having like you said just one person even i'm lucky to have more than one person Mm -hmm. but having one person can like drastically increase you know your chances of survival honestly Mm
2: -hmm. okay second to last question okay (laughs) Um, so I recently put on my Instagram that we we're trying to have a baby. Baby. How does that feel for you on your end that like, in a previous life, you could have carried a kid, mm. now you, I'm carrying a kid, you don't want to. How does that feel for you? Right.
0: <laughs> well, first of all, congratulations on your child. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, yeah, so, Cammie and I... Well, let me. I want to backtrack because I want to tell like a little bit of the story. Cammie has been very consistent, persistent, insistent <laughs> that she did not want children. Okay. So, at we, when we recorded our podcast together, I don't remember when that was, but at the end of it, she was like, I really need to talk to you about something. And I was like, Oh, what have I done? Is this when she's going to say she can't do this anymore? Like, what is going on? Um, and then she was like, I want to have a baby. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, cool.
1: Because,
0: like, I've always wanted kids. But I also knew that I had no desire to carry a child. Even, maybe not when I was, like, super young. But when I got old enough to understand the ins and outs of childbirth, (laughs) I really knew, like, that is not something I'm going to want to do. So, before I transitioned... If someone said, like, oh, if you all had a kid who would carry it, would be like, a 100%. Like, just really, really not interested. So it's very, very cool to have the science to be able to, like, do this process. The only thing that I wish was that I could contribute biologically to this specific mm-hmm. child. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not a feeling of, oh, I don't think I'll be able to... Love this kid because we won't share the same genes. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's nothing about that. There is like an ache sometimes that's like, but I wish that it could be, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, but there's, there's not like hesitation, like we shouldn't do this because it like quote unquote won't be mine. Like I don't feel that at all.
2: But obviously in a perfect world, we'd be able to just like, you know,
0: yeah. Do whatever n- Not does. spend. <laughs> yeah. A ton of money.
1: Spend,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, everyone is different in, like, what they're looking for in a sperm donor and all of that, but we really looked for a while on several different places, like, trying to find someone that we felt, like, most embodied you. Right. Not only physically, but also, like, what they, like, who, what their yeah. hobbies were, what they wrote about, what was important to them. We, right. like, really, really tried to match someone who was closest yeah. with
0: you. Which is, I think we got really close Honestly, yeah, (laughs) except for that this donor is six foot five, right? (laughs) So, and that was my maybe like a little bit intentional as well, you know.
2: We haven't looked at him in a while just because, like, we've been trying for several months, and I actually forgot that he was six five. That's very tall,
0: yeah. So, (laughs) I'm just really, really trying to produce a basketball player, oh god, or a volleyball player, thank you, but mostly basketball. (laughs) <laughs> or whoever they want to be. Right right. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, wish us luck in our journey. But it will be interesting to be perceived as, you know, like, we are perceived as, like, a straight couple. You know? So, um, I have, like, a lot of fear, and I've, like, expressed this to you. I have fear, and I'm a lot of fear, that, like, I don't want the kid to be, like, bullied or anyway any mm. way for, like, having a transparent... Mm. Uh, transparent, <laughs>
2: transparent. Transparency.
0: Transparency. <laughs> so, um, that's, like,
2: well, a fear.
0: Sorry. No, go ahead.
2: Well, I was just gonna say, at first, when we were telling like, our families and stuff that we want to try to have a baby, because your non-binary mostly use they-them pronouns, even right. though you use he 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 <laughs> yeah. he 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 <laughs> <laughs> <sometimes>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my new pronouns are Lucas Scott's laugh in Wentry Hill. <laughs> <Wait,
1: Jonathan. laughs> oh
2: my Okay. Like, my mom asked, like, what you wanted to be, or like what you wanted to be called, right. if it was like something different or whatever. Yeah.
0: There has not been some magical space created in the world for non-binary people who use they, them pronouns. Okay. When I go out in public, people say he, him, when I'm doing whatever with someone who doesn't know who I am, they say he, him, that's just what it is. Okay. So if someone says he, him to me, it still feels very much like me because I, I hear it all the time and I don't feel like they're wrong from a, from like a transitioning point of view. Okay. So when we have this child, there were questions like, what do you want to be called? Who do you want to be or whatever? Because the world has not existed, some perfect word for a parent of a child, a non-binary parent of a child, like the only thing that makes sense for me and the thing that makes me feel best is dad. And also because the world has it you know, transitioned to a space where they, them pronouns are like widely used in public spaces or anywhere, really. Like, I think eventually I will transition just using he, him pronouns when we have a kid, because I don't, I don't think that that diminishes my non-binary self, Mm -hmm. you know, it's an identifier that helps people understand who I am. Mm -hmm. And because there hasn't been – and, you know, I think people could argue, like, well, okay, then it's up to you to make the space. Um, But, like, also I'm fine with using he, him, so that's not the battle that I am going to fight for myself because I'm – I don't feel like using he, him changes who I am, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So anyway, when our baby does come, I think that I'll eventually just transition to using all he, him pronouns – and being called dad because it makes the most sense for us. Mm-hmm.
2: Last question. <sighs> yeah. Ready? Uh-huh. What is your favorite thing about being trans?
0: My favorite thing about being trans is... I mean, I have a million. I mean, the, I love this, like, small community of people who really understand each other because of this, like, such unique experience that a lot of people don't understand so when you meet another trans person you like automatically feel like soul tied to them Mm -hmm. which is cool but also i mean there is no better gift for yourself or for the world to just like be who you are and like let people see it Mm -hmm. so my favorite part about being trans is just that i'm proud of myself and i'm happy and i can show whoever listens to this whoever somehow knows me that like We're just people just like everyone else who are trying their best and, you know, having relationships with people and loving their families and all those things. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like my favorite part is just the fact that other people can see that, you know, we're all just humans, you Mm -hmm. know, because I didn't know any trans people growing up. Mm -hmm. So the world is changing and it feels cool to like be a part of it. That was beautiful. Oh, thank you. You're beautiful and cute too.
2: Thank you. All right. Last questions. What are your
0: thoughts on GotMik? My oh my god. Um, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we stand GotMik on RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, we do. We stand GotMik. It's so incredibly cool to see a trans man compete on RuPaul's Drag Race. There.
2: Start your engine.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> I, I, now, I don't feel like I can sing on here because of that Aww, conversation. Yeah, I'd be like, like, you yeah, I'm like, uh, well. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's super cool. The The thing that I think is so cool is just like gender can be whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. You know, like we have to ditch these outdated ideas of like you can only be one thing, like you can be everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. So, anyway, thanks for doing this with me.
1: You're welcome. Pound
0: it. Do you think they came through? Uh, Can you hear that? That's not too much. (laughs) All right. um, Well, I don't know when I'll be back, but it was fun to talk. So, bye.
2: Send baby dust.
0: Oh, (laughs) I thought you said send baby to to us. Send baby dust. Baby dust. (laughs) Like baby dust. Send baby dust. Bye. Bye.